Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of The Light Shed with your boys, Syringe and Bam's Money Malone. What's good? <laughs> what up, what up, what up, what up? Oh, I gotta get my... Nice. Cracking a beer open. My podcast beer. Liver Bastion style, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, Today, um, I kind of had um, an interview set up with some uh, cool peoples, but uh, my day got prolonged and both Bams and I do things aside from this podcast and sometimes those things tend to get in the way. This is true. (laughs) Either way, we still end up making it. So we started late today and uh, we had to go to plan B, uh, C, D, E, F... (laughs) G, because uh, things had to get moved around, people weren't available, so on and so forth. So we're here just kicking it, and today we're gonna touch base with uh, a good friend of uh, both of us. Um, goes by the name of Then One. He's a pretty cool dude uh, with lots of different talents, um, but deeply rooted within graffiti. Um, made a good name for himself in this in the tri-state area, right? East yeah. Coast for the yep. most part. Um, but all in all, super creative cat. And uh, yeah, we love that dude. So we're going to have him on here in a little while. But in the meantime, uh, what up? Shit, man. Got some good beer in today. My brother sent me some beer from Puerto Rico. Oh, boom! Yeah, some uh, Ocean Lab Brewing. So okay. I don't know how new. I don't know how long these guys have been in the craft beer game, but I cracked the beer. So I did my beer band video today for tomorrow, mm. and I think this is probably going to be my. Is my, that it? No, this is. Oh, this is probably like my favorite. But this is this is Rogue Double Chocolate Stout. Double chocolate. This is probably one of my favorite stout beers. Is that some like dark ass beer? It's dark. It literally tastes like chocolate. Like it's literally chocolate. Oh shit! And uh, but it's strong. This is nine percent. Damn. And uh, but no, he sent me it's uh, it's their San Juan Lager. It's called. And I tasted this, and I was like, oh Christ! That's like I got if they 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 need to start selling this in Jersey because that's pretty much all I'll drink. Well, that particular beer? No, not this is too heavy. You can't drink too many. This is because it's too thick. So, so it's, like, it's like a Guinness. Yeah, it's way. It's like double thickness of a Guinness. Like it's real thick. Oh. But that San Juan Lager, it's freaking. It's like a. Is that what it's called, San Juan it's Lager? It's called San Juan Lager. Yeah. Oh. And um, and it, it tastes like uh, to me, it tastes like a Miller High Life, just with a little bit more flavor to it. That's why I like because Miller High Life is probably my favorite beer. <laughs> so I was like, dude, this shit tastes like a fucking Miller High Life with a little bit of kick to it. I was like, I, I, you know, I can live on this shit. This shit's great. <laughs> they need to bring this shit to Jersey. Um, you heard that? Um, what was it called? San Juan Lager. Ocean Lab Brewing. Uh, oh yeah, Ocean Lab Brewing is the company, and the beer is called San Juan Lager. Yo, send us some more San Juan Lager. Um, Yo, yeah, yeah. If you want to catch the episode of the beer, it'll be on Beer Bams tomorrow. Mira, me favor, este, mándame usted un say de esa cervecita pa' mi pa' aquí pa' tomarnos. Try to get some sponsors. Mira, Puerto Rico, mira, dame un segundito. No, I'm just kidding. 
Um, but yo, all right, no, you put it out. Then eat. I'm gonna make it happen. Now yeah, they will now, be. A, they will be a show sponsor. Yo, for real, <laughs> we could do a Spanish commercial for that man. <laughs> um, but yo, let's get let's get on the phone with Densky. Word up. I'm going to uh, attempt to call him. All right, guys. So bear with us. This is the first phone call we're doing. I guess I'll Facetime him, right? Oh, yeah, I can hear it too. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, dopey shit. I love it. Well, let me fix this camera a little bit. Yo, what up, cat? <laughs> oh, look at that. Hold up, hold up. Hold up. Look. <laughs> <laughs> this buff say, what up? Hello, gents. How oh, are you doing? hell yeah, man. I can what hear you up? perfect. That just sounds clear as shit, too. Yo, listen, um, um, I'm just, I'm just uh, FaceTiming you for the f- sake of connecting with you. None of this is being recorded. It's just audio. Okay. Um, so yo, my man then one showed up full on mask and glasses. He had a hood on. Oh, mad but covert. It, it, no, it's COVID related though. It's not because he's trying to hide his face. No, he was trying to hide his face. <laughs> That's hey, true. He thought we were recording video. I'm, try, I'm trying to help him out real quick. <laughs> yo, what up, kid? I, I just wanted to cover my face because I look too beautiful. <laughs> this yo, hold on. Let, let me try to get you speak a little. Speak a little something for me, man. Make it. Make an introduction of yourself or something so I can get your audio levels right. Check, check. One, two, one, two. Yeah, keep it like that. Your motherfucking boy in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yo, how was your day, bro? Tiring, actually. Um, Worked really hard today. Started a new job and I had a lot to to um, kind of digest, understand mm-hmm. about the whole world of this software company I'm in. Okay. Okay. And so uh, the professional side of me is very much different than that. But what people think of me from okay. the graffiti side of things. But, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the yeah. way, I'm uh I'm over here hitting this uh. This little oil pan, kid. That's an oil pan? Looks yeah. like a dildo for a second. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. Uh, just for the record, there's no cursing on this show. There isn't? No, no cursing. Oh, damn it. Okay. All right, I'm going to have to uh, stop being on this show from now on because I don't know how to not curse. Fuck so, um, it all. I'm just kidding. You can curse. <laughs> the, you can say whatever the fuck you want. So that's a... Uh, a little THC pen right there. This is an oil pen. No, you had it um, right. It is a dildo. Has THC um, components within it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's pretty fun. So, what are you guys up to? Chilling, man. Uh, actually, so yeah, this is the first time we're testing the phone um, recording uh, capabilities of the thing that Bam's bought. The, Dude, and, the and it sounds really friggin' good too. Yeah, man. it does sound good. You know what? It's actually, I think next time I'll I'll even do it without doing the because I feel like the FaceTime kind of throws it off mm. when you were talking in the hallway I think if you, you know because you're just hearing clear. the audio it's yeah. easier to communicate I think but other than that I mean everything's on point but yeah now we just wanted to touch base with you man uh, so this thing is recording you right now um, and we figured you know let's just interview the guy while while uh, you know we got you on here also because we had nothing else to talk <laughs> look about look at this look at this look at this <laughs> yeah, how'd you do that? That's dope as hell. It's 
freak technology. That's what guy. I should use. I don't even need a mask. Yeah, that shit is sick. Look, he's a shark now. So yeah, my man's over here uh, transforming into now. No, don't do that. It's a yeah. pig. Robots. He's over here fucking oh, around. Okay. That shit is sick, bro. <laughs> but uh, yo, yeah, we wanted to touch base with you, yo. Um, lately on here, we've been just talking a uh, creative talk. You know, cameras that we use. Things that inspire us to go, kind of step out and uh, do shit. Um, uh, okay. You know, and uh, we figured we'd get you on here since you're an artist and uh, just kind of shoot the shit. Yeah. I, you know, speaking of tools that inspire me, I just got an iPad Air. Nice. And I got that app Procreate for it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Great. I mean, the stuff that you can create in that thing is just great. The only downside I'm finding now is... Uh, just the exporting exporting it doesn't export vector graphics mm -hmm. and that's kind of a bummer wait what is pro uh, what is procreate is it what it like photoshop and stuff like that that's the thing that man uses oh yeah it's, it's a drawing oh, okay it's a, okay it's a, it's a it's a it's a drawing app for ipads that basically enables you to swap through like pretty big brush libraries and other people um, it's kind of like an open API. People get to create their own plugins and brushes and textures. It's oh, really right, cool with the yeah. amount of stuff you can create. But okay. um, I'm just touching the tip of the iceberg with it, creating some graphics for some motorcycle shops out here. Um, yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I just can't wait to get deeper into it. Hell yeah. And, and you can create animations in it too. It's uh, it's pretty pretty dope. Hell yeah. Word up. Yo, uh, yeah, let's... Uh... <laughs> Let's go a little back, kind of um, before the the iPad came into play. So for all those that don't know or anybody that's listening, I mean, I think we've been kind of more uh, gearing the podcast towards like photographers and stuff like that. But um, OK, I'm getting. A... It was just feedback on his end. OK. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. But um We've been uh, basically just talking more about um, photography and stuff. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are going to be listening will be here based on photography and the stuff that me and Bams do. But uh, so let's introduce more of like who you are and, um, you know, what you do. All right. So as Chris and Chris here know me <laughs> as as who I am in real life, uh, you know, I've always, I've gone through um, my moniker, then one, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, that kind of paved the way for my artwork and, like, laying down the foundation for being creative. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of transitioned, or I should say worked in parallel with uh, becoming a designer, specifically graphic design, worked my way into product design, which is a focus on apps, websites, software. And um, all alongside of that, I've always loved, shooting photography um i actually have a 35 millimeter canon ae1 that i picked oh, yeah. up when i was about 16 so that was probably around the nine early mid 90s early 90s something mm -hmm. like that and puts me up there <laughs> <laughs> um but um yeah i mean it's always been a medium that i've loved and i'm a novice at shooting photo photography but the film shooting on film has always been a great thing and in my adult life i've taken it on with me to all the trips i've taken and now being, I think, what, like seven years into riding motorcycles, I've taken that camera to Sturgis, shot pictures at Sturgis, Montana, Idaho, road trips, California, here and there. Wow. And one of the like one of the things I really, really, really love is um, just the excitement 
of getting home and getting that film developed and just mm-hmm. the anticipation of what came out, what didn't. And um, it really brings me back to the first few days when I started doing graffiti and documenting it in Jersey City. Um, you know, there was that anticipation of getting the film developed at, say, CVS or mm-hmm. Walgreens or Dwayne Reed and and carrying that all the way up to today. I only rediscovered my camera and got it rebuilt a few years ago. And so I'm reinvigorated this old kind of um, passion for shooting on film. Oh, shout out and to that kind of, spot too. That uh, the spot that you actually get your camera because I went on their website. They have a bunch of. Oh, they, that's a Blue Moon Camera in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, those guys. That, that, that place that, is amazing for vintage cameras oh, yeah. and. And what they repaired your AE one. They basically did it once over. My mirror was broken. Um, there was a broken, I should say, or uh, a solder that cracked somewhere in the camera that mm-hmm. caused the mirror to stop. Uh, moving and okay. so they 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 did a once over cleaned out the camera fixed the solders brought it up back up to speed so it operated like brand new again and yeah. um i don't think i even paid more than 7500 bucks for that no their prices are really good you know it's funny i'm just gonna say uh, you know uh, uh since i know you as you know more of like an artist and a graphic designer i often forget that you know you you are nasty with a camera <laughs> you got skills with a camera you have a good eye for pictures you know, it's 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 interesting. I I really appreciate that. Not um, for sure, right? He does, no, right? No, he, yeah, he no, has a lot of yeah, a lot of shots that he did. What's it called? I know a lot of shots he's even post like on the he shares on the family stuff. It's, yeah, yeah, his shots are really really good. Yeah, like, yeah, the contrast is good. Just the way the lighting is and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. It's literally you can tell like that. Those are they're not like stage shots, but you could tell like that. All right, it, you feel the moment when you see the picture. You feel like all right. I feel like I'm there by just for seeing sure. everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know, to that point, to what Chris is saying right now, BAMS, um, it's funny because when I took, I took a photography class in college when I went to school in Brooklyn, and it was 35 millimeter, black and white. You developed your own film in the dark room. You printed your own film. Like, it, it was really great. Mm-hmm. And one of my focuses was shooting people, people in their elements, the, the what do you call that, candid shots. Yep. Yeah. And so I would sit in New York on Greenwich Ave every day after class for like three hours, eating a slice of pizza, drinking a soda, sitting on this one specific bench, waiting for that right person to walk by. And I had my eye a block down waiting to see if there was someone that was going to walk by that I was going to be interested in shooting. And I remember taking, it was for my final in college. We had to print up our portfolio of pictures that year. It was like 10 Mm -hmm. photos you had to present. And I presented all my photos. And the one thing the teacher had said, she said like that, all the photos in that portfolio made New York look empty and alone. She's mm-hmm. like, the one thing you captured is a thing that New York always is full of people and, and, and energy. And she said, it made you, you made it look like there was only one person in New York in every one of your shots. Uh-huh. And I loved it. The downside is I lost every photo I ever took from, I would say, when was Hurricane Sandy? 2000. Uh, womp, womp. 2000 that was a while back now. 2014 right yeah around there 2014 15 about that so 2014 i had all my stuff in a storage unit in jersey city and it flooded oh, floor to ceiling yeah. i lost every photo i ever took Fuck. i even had mind you this i had photos of the world trade center falling down on my black and white 35 millimeter camera yo matter of fact i remember that stuff that was the one right where right where me toboken by the hoboken mc right yeah exactly yeah, I remember I went with you down there once. Fuck. Yeah, I had to 
I lost everything. I, the best pictures I ever had were the world, the best and worst, I should say. The pictures of the World Trade Center falling. I remember I was on my way to school in Brooklyn, got back on the bus, booked it back to, to the boulevard, and had my camera loaded up with film. And I watched that second building just drop, and I got it step by step, like a, like a stop motion camera. Hold up, from from on the New York side, Jersey. Oh, from the Jersey side, yeah. Yeah, sh- from uh, Shipman Street. It's fun. It's funny. You you should. Uh, me and a, my homie from work were talking about it, and uh, yeah, when the second building fell, right after it fell, I ran out of the house, and I used to have this old Sony Handy Cam. It was like the only camera I had at the time, and we went down there and um, we we filmed the water as the smoke was coming across the river. You could still see the debris and all that shit kind of coming on the Hudson, and I have video of it. Um, and I also got video of Hoboken when they were pulling people out of the trains and like fucking, they came out mm-hmm. looking like mud people and shit. Uh, but I got that stuff on video and, um, I converted it, um, into my computer way back when on this old PC and I had this old ass fucking hard drive and instead of a flood killing my shit, I wind up plugging it into a into a Mac computer and I formatted it. Yo, I mean literally the like that stuff was on there, old photos that I that I had scanned in, um some of my first like what I tell people was like me shooting street photography without knowing I was doing street photography yeah. as like a young ass kid like 15 years old. Um, but that I scanned when I got older and then I digitized all my um my um old like VHS videos and shit. Word. And literally that along with I wanna say the first almost full year of elementary were 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 lost in that format. <laughs> Wait, do you still have the hard drive? I still have the hard drive. Have you formatted it again? No. You wanna give it to me? You think you can pull shit from there? It's a good possibility if you haven't formatted again. I probably can. I did all that one time, and I, I figured it was wiped. I kept plugging in. I wouldn't I, see shit. I could probably get something off of it. Well, I there could we try. Go. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm it, bringing that. I'm bringing that shit here. Stat. My bad. I does, just. I just figured I'd bring that it up. It doesn't hurt to try. So yeah, that sucks, Matt. That your shit got wiped away. But yeah, but you know what I realized? It's like at the end of the day, it's all in my head, and I can't be buried with it. I mean, technically, I probably could have, but it's not going to serve me any good. <laughs> so I just realized like, you know, it's a, just a, it's time to start like that new adventure, create more memories, not live off the past and just keep driving forward. No, hell yeah. Word up. Yo, um, yeah. when was the last time my boy painted? <laughs> I don't even remember. Um, I painted the last time I painted was with this guy named Wright, Wright from CBS. Oh, word. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah, he hooked me up on a few spots and just a good all-around guy. But, yeah, I mean, you know, with two kids, a full-fledged career, remodeling a house, moving to a new city, you know, trying to make buckets of money. Word, yeah, <laughs> buckets of money, word. Yo, but not for nothing, um, I will say, um, my man then one is one of those guys that he may not paint for four years, and then he comes out, 
And this shit is just as clean as it ever was. <laughs> just like, yo, how the fuck you do that? There's there's like a there's like this weird part of your brain, right? That after enough times it's like a muscle memory. It just became becomes autonomous. Right? The the downside is the problem that you lose the thing you lose is the momentum to really bend and form your letters in a very innovative way. And I think the problem is if you take a break and then all you're doing is looking at influence from other people, you start to lose your roots. You start to forget where your style left off. Yeah, and you have that bleed over from from other people influencing your brain. Yeah, and I think it's one of the most important things. And, you know, to say, here's one of the issues I have with with, um, just like graffiti in general and whatnot. It's the idea that, you know, um, the idea of falling off Mm -hmm. or... You know, what, what people think of people who don't necessarily paint all the time. You know, the creative process is unique to an individual. And sometimes right. it manifests itself in different ways. No, right? yeah. And yeah. so I think in some in some ways, when you kind of transition from one thing you've done your whole life in a very similar way every time, right? Same mm-hmm. medium, let's say. That can get tiring. And when you explore a new medium and you have a newfound I should say passion for creating sometimes, you know, it takes away from that thing. It's like having, it's like having a favorite child. If you could even picture having one, right. Mm -hmm. Or I should say a new hobby or any, anything that's going to take your focus completely. My, my thing is, I think as long as you're, you're, if you're a creative person and you're still in your capacity creating with another medium, I think the people that are going to be concerned about where you left off on whatever medium they were hyped on that you were using, mm-hmm. they're expecting that same thing from you. And it's unfortunate because the reality is that we're not one faceted, right? For we all sure. have so many different passions and creative outlets. The issue is, I think, in a lot of forms, people dedicate themselves to one because it's hard to really kickstart, have that cold start problem and start Mm -hmm. something new and have to learn it all over again. And I would say, you know, watching both you and you, Chris and Bams, both Mm -hmm. of you guys take on multiple different things, you know, from Chris jumping into photography from everything else he already knew. And Chris, you jumping into graffiti after filming it for some time. And both of you guys have become I would say masters of your own craft, you know, and there's not a lot of people that could jump like that into something new and actually try and master it. And I think that says a lot about someone's uh, persistence, dedication, um, energy level for their own creativity. And I feel like in some, some degree, like me not painting graffiti every week or month or say a couple times a year at best sometimes only because priorities have shifted in both my responsibilities at home my responsibilities towards a career I've forged over 20 some odd years, but also that creativity is not gone. My passion for creating is not gone. I've just transitioned it into other outlets. No, for sure. No, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. Channel, you channel it into a different area. Not only that, but I mean, yo, realistically, I mean, so like people's experiences with graffiti, photography, whatever, it's all different, you know? And like, for me, it's when, it's sad when you see someone that was really good at something and then they just completely burn out into mm-hmm. I'm just a regular family guy now and I don't I don't mm-hmm. I don't have time to do anything like at all. But I yeah. mean someone like yourself, Bams, myself and many people that I know evolve into other shit. 
and yep. the creative energy and 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 the person that you were as a graffiti writer hasn't changed in you becoming a graphic designer it's just the medium no. it has changed and if all it's, oh, yeah. i'd say all it's done is it's added it's like if you have an arsenal of say caps for spraying you mm -hmm. you've got your thin caps fat caps mediums astros all these different types of caps or mm -hmm. if you're a painter and you've got fan brushes bristle brushes chisel brushes all this is really is expanding your tool set. Exactly. Right? This added, you add a new tool to the toolbox. That's right. And if I feel comfortable with one that I'm not going to lose it, I'm, I don't worry about the frequency in which I create in that, using that medium. What I would be more concerned with is me not creating at all. Word. Word. Hell yeah. That's, that's, where, that's where I would find myself very depressed probably alcoholism a lot of marijuana <laughs> um i probably find myself eating a lot of hot wings and some frozen pizza <laughs> now mind you i also do this while i'm creating and i'm happy so i don't know if you'd be able to tell <laughs> you know it's funny yeah. like, like with me right so like i mess around with a little bit of everything and if and if i think something is cool then I'm, I'm just going to dive into it for a while, whether I just say yeah. I'm going to probably do this just once or this is going to become a problem in my life. Like music, for example, I don't think I'm the best producer. You know, I don't think any album that I've ever put out or any project that I've ever put out sounded exactly the way I really wanted it to. You know what I'm saying? But I still needed to do that stuff, and I still feel right. the need to do that stuff. Right. And there's so many things that people never hear. It's just this like process that I, that I'm willing to drop some money in, even if it's just for my my personal ears, right? Yeah. But um, like fingerboards, I was fascinated by those little fingerboards, <laughs> yo. When I started seeing these kids, when I had the store, these kids would come in there. And the shit they were doing, I'm like, oh, my God, it looks like an actual person is fucking skating <laughs> with these figures, right? Then I would be like, yo, bring your board. Bring your best boards. And they were paying like $35 for like a board. A little fingerboard, $40. <laughs> these handcrafted ones. And yeah. I'm like, word, this is kind of dope. I'm going to make one. And the only reason I said I was going to make one, I'm like, because it's small enough to where I can sit there and and just make this thing. And sure like, enough. one out. Yo, straight up, fucking, you know, down to like. Uh, stacking the the what do they call veneers? Mm -hmm. Fucking using a mold, pressing it out, cutting it out, sanding it down, putting a design on it, all that shit. Um, but yeah, that happened maybe like three times, just out of boredom. <laughs> but I was like, that's cool. I want to learn how to do that. I could do that shit right now, you know, bonsais and shit like that. You know what I mean? I did that for a while. That's how this podcast started. That too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but see, like, yeah, it's, it's that level of experimentation that allows you to stretch your boundaries and to define. You know what? I liked it. I tried it. I'm not going to pursue it because I understand this is not my avenue. But right. I am glad I tried it. See, yeah, but it, having exactly. that expansion of your thoughts, you know, it expands your boundaries is so important. I see a lot of we we all know a lot of graffiti artists mm -hmm. in this world that paint one thing one way, and that's all they can do. Their bounds are not, their bounds are limited by their inability to want to stretch because of fear of not producing the same quality. And I would say that in essence, not just on graffiti, but across the board in every industry, it's where you have, you have innovation and then you just have execution. Like Word. execution is like you have it in the back of your hand and you're just doing it. Word. And Word. then there's innovation where you're going to actually push the boundaries of what what can be produced and you it's it's the head turning type of shit Word. right it's the idea like when uber came out 
anybody could have thought of creating their own cab company. Tons of cab companies existed. Uh-huh. But what people didn't realize is you've got to call the cab, do the thing, wait for them, blah, blah, blah. They met people where they were. Mm-hmm. They literally said, you know what? You got this phone in your pocket. You press a button. We'll come to you. Right. Versus back in the day, having mm-hmm. calling the guy. They're like, dispatcher's like, yep, on our way. Mm-hmm. Two hours later, you're like, all right, I'm 45 minutes <laughs> late for this flight. Where the fuck are you? Oh, Ralph, you got sick. What the fuck do you mean he got sick? <laughs> Two hours ago, he's going to show up to my fucking house. Like, I got shit to do. <laughs> and you, they, had you, they, they had you by the balls. He goes, Ralph, you so, got sick. What the fuck do you mean, Ralph? I'm like, I'm not going like, to blow up this cab company because I'm sure they're already suffering as a result of Uber. But there was one in Union City. They were out of business. Let me tell you. <laughs> they're out of business. They went out of business. I already know who you're talking right, so, about. They went out of business. General Hillside Taxi. Yep. They, they, they went under like two years ago. What? Did I ever tell you guys? Did I ever tell you that when I was a kid, I used to go to school in New York City? that I used to have a cab that would take me into the city because we had no other way of getting this. I was too young. So they had one taxi cab driver who dedicated themselves to driving me and my brother into the city. We didn't have money. Really? They gave us a hookup. Yeah. He'd pick us up from work. This is the shit though. I remember this as a kid. I think I was like four years old. And I remember looking down at the front of the thing, me and my brother in the back of the cab, we're looking in the front, a passenger side of the cab and there's a box. All it was was really the wheel well. But I remember that guy telling us, Hey man, that's the turbo. He <laughs> gassed it, and we thought that was the turbo box. We tell everybody, oh, the taxi cab has a jet engine in it, blah, 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 blah. And then little do we know, it's just like some dude is like, you know what, man, I got to tell these kids that this cab is cool. <laughs> you got turbo. But, um, yeah, actually recently been picking Bams's brain about podcast, podcasting, equipment, um, mm-hmm. all these types of things, and he's been really trailblazing for us and oh, understanding yeah. all the software and you know we're gonna start yeah, I, was, I was actually just telling syringe about the uh the what's it called that uh obs ninja and obs obs, and stuff. OBS ninja yeah yeah she's going That's, down it's crazy because like i see my daughter now she watches basically like twitch people playing roblox and mm-hmm. she's obsessed with it yeah man but it's like the guys have their little green screen background yep. they're submitting themselves into the image it's it's funny as hell and it's just been come such the, the the revenue streams people are creating for themselves that way. Well, it's I, I mean, yo, it's, it's all it's uh, uh, podcasts have been around since. I mean, I knew people that had them like 2011. No, maybe. podcasts have been around forever. Yeah. They've been and, around and for they a really long didn't time. pop for a long time, I think, and then all that killer shit started going around, like documentary style podcasts, or, yeah. or you know, almost like storytelling took off for a really long time cereal and all that shit but then the pandemic happened and quarantine happened and people were just bored out of their minds either started podcasting or was listening to shit loads of podcasts yeah and i think now it's funny because working in a in, in a retail space where you watch people buy what the hot items are at one point it was like DSLRs, 5Ds were selling like hotkeys. Yo, I got my 5D. Remember that whole shit mm-hmm. where it's just like everyone had one? Yep. Um, now it's podcasts. Yo, I'm starting a podcast. I'm a wrestling fucking karate. Yo, you, know what's, you know what's popping off right now, too, in in response to that? Mm. Have you guys used that app Clubhouse? Uh, yeah, I, I just uh, heard about that. What the hell is that? Lorenzo just hit me up with an invite to it. I just I joined on okay. today. What, what is so that? I've been doing some research on it. 
and so it's part of my job mm. but uh, basically it's an app it's audio only uh rooms like each room is its own like imagine a radio station right and mm. the radio station had studios all inside of the building like it's kind of like what you guys are doing right now uh-huh. and i go into the app i click on a room and i'm listening to you guys the speakers talk you can invite me into a call and i can become a speaker okay or I can just sit back and listen quietly into a topic I'm interested in and leave the room if I want quietly. No one knows I left or joined. Huh. It's it's pretty chill. It's kind and of so like, it's, just, it's like live podcasting. It's kind of yeah, it's kind Portals. of like it's kind of like being in this big building full of studios and literally just walking into somebody's studio and listening to what's going on and then yep. all right, I'm going to go to the next studio. And that's literally what it's like. Oh, yep. But so what it's what it's going to kind of in my imagination what it'll do it'll be it'll revive radio and podcasting because of this because mm. of this the technological aspect and the simplicity of being able to connect with other people right. online without having to go through all the production. Hmm. Interesting. So, anyways, clubhouse. when you get a chance, pop into the clubhouse and take a look. For I'll example, see. if you guys had your podcast, mm-hmm. you guys can do a live session right in the clubhouse, or as an example, you could do like IG Live, Instagram Live, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Got it. Sounds dope. Yeah. Like imagine having uh, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Instagram Live. You're like just projecting live instead of having to do all the production. The downside is you don't have an artifact to leave behind, like a video and an audio recording that people can re-reference. I have oh, an shit. idea. Why don't we? Um, why don't we make our own um, app and just call that shit straight up? Live. <laughs> it just includes all the lives: YouTube live, Facebook live, Instagram live. That should just be like live. Uh, yeah, I think that's what OBS does already. Yo, up, can I do it live? Oh, it's not doing oh, it. Well, we got oh, it. We got it. Shit. Wait, yeah, I don't know what the with his phone connected. I don't think we should be doing shit like that. Yeah, I think you're right. No, Wait, we just got, hang I just on got a second. Alert. You don't what? hear it? That's way. Turn that echo down. No, nah, it's been off. Mine is. No. The volume on this thing went up so much right it did, now. It did for a second. It's still doing it? Yeah, on my, on my, on my headphone to this. It's loud my phone as just like, There you go. My phone just went crazy. Really? Oh, word? Yeah, no, yeah. I don't, that echo effect, there's, I don't think it's going to work There's an echo effect in this thing that's completely <clears> and totally fantastic. And um, every time we've tried to uh, use it, we, we, it hasn't saved into the recording. So I tried to do that, and uh, apparently, while someone's on the phone, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's still good. on my Yo. headphones right now. It's still kind of loud, like it's loud. You're loud. That makes no sense. It's literally off. I don't hear it in mine's. Speak a little bit. Yo, 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 yo! Do me a favor. Turn down the the. This is strange. The blue one. How do you sound now? Uh, now it sounds good. All right. All right, cool. I think I kind of blew my mic up a little bit. That's what it was. Like I just, it seemed way louder than what. Uh, Yo, Densky, my bad. I blew up the microphone. <laughs> See, this is what happened when I gave uh, Syringe control of that board. I mean, to make things happen. <laughs> Yo, why does my voice sound so cool right now? Did it change my voice? I think it did. I feel like my voice didn't change. I think it's just in your head. It, is. it might be in my head. Well, I do have this special oil pen. He is vaping on that dildo, so. That hey, means. stop oh, saying yeah. that, yo. I don't, don't associate fucking my name with no motherfucking dildos, man. Not on the podcast. Himself, you're giving himself popcorn lung. <laughs> That's true. 
Yo, that's a myth. That's an urban legend, man. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. Our bodies were not meant to smoke vegetable oil or glycerin. <laughs> As he smokes and gets out his there goes a sweet puff of that's canola. Right. Our bodies are meant to smoke crack and heroin. No. Um, no. No? Oh, okay. No. That's so, the guy downstairs, though. He goes, so <laughs> this is the part of the show where we completely forgot what we were doing. So, yo, Baz, what are we talking about? <laughs> oh, my God. Sidetrack. Um, so, in general, let me ask you guys. So, in general, you guys are talking about photography-based conversations, tech talk, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, yo, uh, our, our catchphrase or slogan or whatever the hell you want to call it is The Light Shed, a podcast about anything. Okay. So you want to <laughs> shed some light on some shit? Yeah, no, yeah. that's exactly yeah, that, that, that's why it's named The Light that's Shed. That's what we do, yes. We shed the light on, on, on things. So, for example, anybody listening right now, yo, it's not even so much about trying to talk to people about you know, how did you get your name? How did you blah, blah, blah. It's more of just like talking to someone that has a particular way of thinking and being and just engaging in conversation just about anything. It doesn't have to be anything particular about, you know, the individual. It's more of like getting responses to things in general from someone that is a particular type of person like you. Does that make sense? You know what's fucking crazy? What's that? There's like an Amber Alert going out in Washington right now. Mm -hmm. It's like blowing up all the phones. You hold up. You're in Washington? Yeah. Oh, where? Yeah, yeah. Did a little bit of not a move. The state of Washington, not Washington, D.C. So one above Port uh, Oregon is. I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you didn't live there, right? Or is that where you live? That's where he lives now. Oh, that's where he lives now. That's where you moved to? No. Why am That's I confused? Kind of you, didn't you live in Portland? I did. Okay. And now you're Damn. in Washington. Okay. And that's the new spot. He's halfway between where he was and where he needs to be. Okay. That's right. Okay. All right. All right. There you go. All right. Copy that. <laughs> it's kind of like being it's kind of like when you're you jump through the wormhole from one point A to point B, I'm still in the wormhole. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. That usually happens on Tuesdays. Yo, yeah. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> yo um, then, um, and you stays out there in the, was it the Pacific North, Northwest? Yes, Pacific Northwest. Did you ever, yeah. um, did you ever have any weird experiences out there? <laughs> like some weird supernatural, like what the fuck type of deal? No, I did on the East Coast, though, quite a bit. On the East Coast? Yeah, haunted uh, houses. All right, so yo, um, <laughs> what what makes your graffiti style so clean? What's that behind you? <laughs> and there he stood by the doorway. Well, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> and then he raised his magic wand. Yo, don't no, do that, man. You know, We're in honestly, a big warehouse building. I'll tell you based on based on my approach for graffiti. Okay. Um, and I, I learned, I would say I started when I was in the nineties and one of my, one of the people that, you know, I, my first bombing partner, as you would call it is, uh, was a guy named Atone. Okay. Um, really good friend of mine, Chilean dude. 
um, really, really brought me around to see a lot of shit. I think and I know, I think I know him. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Antoine. I saw him like a week ago, I think. Or no. But go ahead. Yeah, so check it out. So Atone was a break dancer, mm-hmm. and we went to school together. Yeah. And he um, he knew a lot of people. He was part of a, a break dance crew called Ready to Rock, which mm-hmm. was kind of, and I might be incorrect in saying this, but this was my impression of it, was a, a sort of a spinoff of Rocksteady. Okay. I could be completely wrong in this, but that's my impression of it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And so Atone brought me around a lot of people. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the first graffiti events I ever went to was Mass Appeal issue one release party in New York. And mm-hmm. I think it was at Columbia University and Arsonist performed at the oh. event. That's where I met Nace, one of the most famous, I should say, most legendary graffiti artists I know and knew at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know him personally, but I got to meet him there along with a number of other people that were flexing. They had the black books out. It was a really interesting event, but one of the things that really defined my graffiti was back then, you know, can control was very, very much like an an essential part of being a graffiti artist. You had to be able to write clean lines and, um, it was about perfection. And Mm -hmm. so that that was the, the, I should say the era I came from. And so like later on in the years, it's like drips became a cool thing to do and, you know, crank all due respect that guy created an empire off of some amazing shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just wasn't part of my DNA at the time because it's just not the way I grew up painting. Mm-hmm. And so as I transitioned years and years later, uh, you know, stuff that we've done together and we've, you know, exchanged photos and ideas and blah, blah. I, that part of me never left. Mm-hmm. It was all about being clean and producing things that looked like you mastered your, your, your media, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, across the country before the internet before 12 ounce profit was a website to to go through forums and looking at people's graffiti across the world you really only had 12 ounce profit the magazine later on scribble scribble magazine and a a number of other entities including um holy cow i can't even remember why i can't think of this but td had one of the first magazines undercover uh, undercover and that that was one of the guys i looked up to in New Jersey growing up, like his tag alone. I remember that was one of the first tags I copied trying to learn how to use a spray can. Yo, shout out to TD. Cause he was actually, um, also my, uh, introduction to realizing graffiti was a thing. <clears throat> so I'll say that that era of people, the DF crew, um, at that time was huge. Seeing the stuff in the Bronx, seeing dime Lumit all these people cess i mean holy shit ivory part like these are people that i grew up with seeing in 12 ounce profit magazines Word. um and transitioned later on to the plethora of artists today and the supplies and techniques that they have but cleanliness was my number one focus i had to be clean and so i've stuck to that every time i paint Yo, did I ever tell you that in, in in shooting all sorts of or just being around creative people, especially um, anyone tied to graffiti, that observing people's style and how they paint really reflected them as a person in general. Like an extension of their personality, yep, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly, man. It, it's so crazy. Like if you if you look at someone's, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's always on point, but the people that I've met throughout time, 
are such a reflection of 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 you know their their I graffiti. agree with you. Yeah, yeah. It's an, I'd say on if I had to give it a percentage, I would say ninety percent of the way people paint is Word. a reflection of their personality. Especially if people get into caricatures, Word. it's very interesting to see how a lot of people when they started their caricatures back in the day, maybe mm. their first. 100 200 700 characters they painted mm-hmm. a lot of times had a very much reflected the way they looked themselves word up and uh yeah so that being said you know i always i could describe then as the type of dude that needs to have everything in place in order to do shit like I, you know another, like for example boom I fly out to portland he's painting a mural for the weed spot Nothing's unorganized. His colors are all lined up, you know, in order. And uh, he's very neat in his process. And shit comes out fucking neat. You can't deny that one of the his main, uh, I don't know, characteristics. Deta- yeah, characteristics, right? In his pieces is just fucking crispy clean. Like I've looked on up on his shit and been like, damn, this shit is fucking clean as shit. Uh, but, you, know, you know, when you look at historically the people that I that paved, paved the path for that, mm-hmm. you had, you know, like Nace, like talk about perfection. Holy shit. You talk about people who, when they really applied themselves, you got guys like Ewok, Word. you know, East Coast Ewok. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I, we went to the same school in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and seeing some of his work just being amazed or some of the guys he was in an early crew with back then and the work they were producing was amazing and i would say like now you got like guys like you got rhyme you got you know legends like revoke Word. and the people that influenced them all those generations didn't come around sloppy it was like you come correct or don't come at all Word up. and shit man when you have those kind of people to lead the way and you're not jumping in generations later where slop was slop and people followed slop you have a certain work ethic that you have to uphold to, to be considered and be respected in a way. And I mean, shit. I mean, part of the reason why I think I was so shy with trying to even paint with a spray paint can was because I had this crazy ill respect for <laughs> people that put themselves out. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like, for me, it was like people would be like, you, uh, you write graffiti. And I'd, I'd, I'd be like, no. You know, even though you might catch the occasional tag, you know, you're always writing on shit. You're slapping up stickers, whatever the case may be. I would feel uncomfortable when people would approach me like that. So I'd be like, I I would tell people I'm an artist that dabbles in graffiti. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never felt like you a graffiti writer. That's something like I would have a hard time being like, nah, I don't I don't feel like I I mean, but that could go with anything, though, because I'm not a videographer by any means. Yeah, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I know my place within it as yeah. far as, like, what I bring to that table. You know what I'm my saying? My process is the same. That's like, so- for example, Nace, right? Nace is a legend. I know that. I've seen his stuff. But did I ever dissect it the way, I mean, did I respond to it the way, let's say, Matt is talking about how he responded to it and how clean he was and actually being right up on that shit. Like, oh, man, how did he do that? You know I, I can't say that I had that experience. I didn't. And um, I don't know. I'm weird. I, we've talked about this yeah. here on the podcast where I feel like I don't retain shit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't. I just don't retain people's names 
you know, uh, it's fucked up, but it's just the way my brain well, is. I think part of it is like we we, ret- we we retain things that really made an impact. Word. Right. And that's mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's not always an offense to people. Sometimes we just have a lot of things stewing in our brains. But the reality is people who people who you remember are people who left an impact on you. Word. Word. I mean, but, you know, there's also legend, too, you know. I could have never seen yeah. an ace piece ever, which I did, you know. And I'm not saying that I that I never was like, yo, dude, killed it. It's just, I don't know. I just, my brain didn't function that way. I caught on to falling in love with graffiti way later. You know what I mean? By that time, cats had already been destroying shit. You know, people my age, slightly older or younger, already had been killing shit. And it was undeniably the case. And, uh, yeah, so, like, think about, <clears throat> I, can, I can remember the first time I was going through Jersey city and saw a seas burner in a hot spot Word up. and being blown away. <laughs> Just thinking like, huh? Yo, but it's, a, it's some crazy. Uh, one that really blew my fucking mind was, yo, I used to drive, I used to live off of the boulevard in Jersey city in the Heights, um, past, um, what's that? 139. Is that 139 off yep. of the boulevard? Yeah. Um, Maybe let's five blocks up or whatever. And I'd be driving them streets all the fucking time. I had just gotten a new car. I was younger. I was fucking like fucking always, you know, in the neighborhood. And one day I'm coming up 139 about to make a right on um on the boulevard. And on the left, there used to be a, Vol- a Volkswagen dealership. I remember that. And I think C's and I want to say mm-hmm. Triac maybe. Triacs, yeah. Triacs, um, right, it right on the, the boulevard. Nah, right on the boulevard, and it was a blue background. I believe it was yellow letters, but it was like straight up. It was like a straight letter, but it was like a piece. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the way they painted it was mad clean. That was unique to C's in them. That's Yo, what he but did. here's the thing, right? So. I, I remember being like, how, how the fuck? They must have did that shit like right now. Like, I'm always around <laughs> here. I, I would have seen this. Like, how how the fuck? And then I went there it was during right the day. right by the entrance to one and nine, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right on the boulevard. I remember that. It was like, it was a knee high or a chest high wall. It was, it was, it was a pretty big wall. I mean, I, I think back then I could have probably like slightly... You know, my arm's length, if I reached up, I'm kind of shorter than you. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember it being decent. But I also remember when I went there during the day, I'm like, how the fuck did they do this? And that's the first time that I'm like, these motherfuckers had to be using, like, a tarp or something. And because the following morning, there was um gates. The gates that they had blocked off for doing construction or whatever it was were tipped over and laying flat. So I'm guessing maybe them things were up. They could have put a tarp up there, took their time, filled you know it in what? real clean, you know what they did? and then boated. I'll tell you what they did. I'll tell you what they did. They didn't tell anybody how they did it, and they got away with it. They traveled in, like, some helicopter. They got dropped off, descended <laughs> on ropes and painted some shit that amazed everybody. So let's, we, don't, we don't need to go into the details of how they did it. So that really was. Well, you, you know what? what? I, I, there, there's this one. Uh, you know, all right, Jersey Ave and 14th Street. Mm-hmm. Right, where you go up that ramp if you're going to go with either 139, you're going to go to Kenny Boulevard. Uh-huh. There's the overhead signs that say uh, 109 Jersey Turnpike. I don't know how this fucking kid did it, but he must he had to climb up some shit because he put a small little fucking tag on the, uh, the sign. There's no ladders, there's no fucking walkway up there. Like, I don't know how the fuck this kid got it up there. It wasn't even a person. 
was an alien. It could have been. It was an alien. <laughs> it was an alien. <laughs> it might have been. Who knows? Yeah, why are you blowing smoke into the phone like that, man? Oh, I don't know. I thought, Ma- I thought Mac could. Um... He's trying to like. Uh, now your phone's gonna get. A, your phone's gonna get all high. Four twenty friendly on this radio station. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine. Yo, imagine, imagine your phones are getting wavy. <laughs> Yo, phones getting wavy, cat. Yo, did you um, pa- did you pause the phone or something? One. Right now, can you see me? I can't see you. It says paused. No. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm you're you're going to wind up hanging oh, up on Oh, effects. It. Here we go. This is, what, this is what you were doing, effects. Oh, God. Now you found something new to play with. Somebody, something's up with my phone, though. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a freaking mouse. Yo, this is sick. A freaking cow. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, Dope. dear God. Sorry. Yo, look, my favorite. I'm an owl. Yeah, I'm an owl. Anyway. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, the effects of vaping. <laughs> I'm a monkey. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, how do I close this now? Hold on. Now I'm just a fucking monkey all the time. Hold up. Yep, you're a monkey all the time. I done fucked up because I'm not good at this stuff. <laughs> Oh, there's an X right here. I'm gonna hit that. Yo, I don't know what I did. I Horrible. can't get my fucking. All right, well, stop playing with you. You're gonna wind up losing the phone call. Nah, the problem is, is that oh, uh, they're going back to normal. <laughs> I was looking like a monkey. Uh, but yeah. So um, yeah, man. Yo, Vensky. Hmm. Yo, you the man, cat. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. You, you can, you can sort of the, the, the what's it called? <laughs> the, the way Syringe just like he's, he's on a downslope. He went from being kind of sober to getting really high. And now I'm like, hey, yo, that's Yo, I see you soon. Um, I'm multitasking. What are you doing? You know, it's crazy. Yeah, my you can't see my video at all, huh? No, it says paused. And there's a little robot figure back there. I could see like a robot head. Uh, it got funky. But it's just frozen there. It's pretty My weird. My camera controls aren't working. It's a bank. But, um. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of, uh. Living life, getting through shit. Trying no, to. Up, man. Oh, yeah. On my craft. I want to retire. Like, no, I want you to retire, world. kid. I want to retire from the corporate world so I could actually continue on pursuing some shit that I want to pursue. I mean, yo, when you're ready, we'll start a parachuting company and um, <laughs> oh, do man. tandem I, parachuting with a bunch of people for money. I told you that I was learning how to skydive, right? Oh, God. So when I was in oh, California, no. I, I, I was getting my license. <laughs> yo, it, it's like it's like your Keanu Reeves <laughs> in fucking Point Break, bro. And it's like... You've been hanging out with Bodie, Cody, Jody, Moby, all those dudes, and uh, oh man, you know yeah, you're I, extreme, I think dude. I jumped, out, I jumped out of a plane seven times, and the first time was with two instructors, like holding my arm and legs. But I had to fly the parachute in the first time by myself. And I remember when I pulled it, I kept hearing things flap around, and I was just like, "This is it. This is how I'm gonna go." <laughs> and this is terrible. <laughs> And I remember them saying, like, you ever see, you know, 
you ever see a windsock on air on a base like a, or a, a plane yeah uh, an airport that little orange windsock mm-hmm. it tells okay, you the wind yeah, direction yeah, yeah, yeah. so the only the only thing they tell you when you're on the ground it was like a four-hour class mm-hmm. i was already i was drunk over i wasn't even hungover. i was drunk over okay. and i'm sitting there after the four-hour class i'm like all right cool let's do this and so i climb in the plane after like four hours like test jump test test like they have like fake jump a plane exits right outside on the ground you have to practice and do all this shit and then you look you're in a room and they dress you up and you look at you're looking at the ceiling and they've got pictures and it shows 12 pictures and they tell you one by one tell me what's going on here and what you're trying to do is look up and see if there's something wrong with your parachute mm-hmm. and, you know i look at one i'm like uh this one looks good he's like yep this one looks great but the next one i'm like hmm it's got like and don't quote me on the number of strings that I don't remember, but I'd be like, this one has 15 out of 16 strings. I think the string went over the top of the parachute. He's like, what do you do? I was like, all right, um, you, uh, you check to see if it's square, the top of the canopy square. You pull on the levers and see if it steers. And if it steers, you take it in, you fly that thing in. He's like, if there's no, if it doesn't fly, you got to pull it, cut the parachute away with like a lever. Mm-hmm. You're going to pull your emergency chute. I was like, cool. I was like, what happens if that one fails? He goes, well, you just say your prayers because you're going straight to the ground. Oh, fuck. I said, all right, cool. So my second jump ever, so I'm with one instructor. We jump out of the plane, and everything seems okay, and I pull my parachute. And the parachute comes out twisted up in a ball. And I look up above my head, and I'm like, what the fuck? what and i started yelling what the fuck and i look at my altimeter which is on your wrist tells you how how the altitude and i'm dropping fast and when you're jumping out of a plane you're dropping a thousand feet every second oh god and you're fourteen thousand feet up so you have 14 seconds to live and mind you the last three thousand feet you don't really have they're not yours that's like ground zero you have barely a chance to survive (laughs) so i remember pulling that parachute and just thinking what the fuck am i going to do now so I immediately remembered what they taught me in that class when I looked at the, the pictures in the ceiling. And they said, if this shit comes out this way, grab the, grab the nylon, the four nylon straps attached to your body that are keeping you attached to the parachute, spread them apart and kick your legs. I said, kick my legs. All right, cool. So I just started doing it. I was like, if this is the only way I'm going to live, I'm doing this or I'm killing that parachute and blowing the emergency. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kicking my legs and I start to spin and spin and spin. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. And out of nowhere, I mean, I'm probably doing about 150 miles per hour heading towards the earth, right? Oh my God. The parachute, I spin around, basically untangled it and popped it open. Poof. And I slowed down real hard. And all I could think about at that very moment was like looking up, checking to see if there's any strings over the parachute, whatever. And I remember the instructor telling me, he's like, there's no way you're landing on your feet within your first five jumps. I said, fuck it. You should After have been this, like, I'm then one motherfucker. <laughs> well, you know, this is what happened. We get to the, the airfield's like the size of a football field. You check the windsock and he's like, you always go against the wind. So I saw the windsock. I went all the way down, made my right turn, cut that next right. And I was coming down and I saw him in the distance and he's just like, pulling. he's like giving me the instructions. I'm like, no, I'm not going to tumble. I'm going to land on my goddamn feet. I just survived a fucking twisted up parachute. <laughs> Yo, no joke. I come in and I was like, you know, you're supposed to pull the parachute arms down to your shoulders. Uh-huh. And then when you get to about four, that's 12 feet off the ground, at four feet, you pull it to your thighs and do the full slowdown. Mm-hmm. Well, I pulled it down to my shoulders and I kind of just 
rode it out. I was gliding across the ground about two feet off the ground. I hit it, hit the brakes, boom, pulled it down to my thighs, slowed down. It felt like I was like a feather dropping to the ground. Mm-hmm. I landed on my two feet and I put my arms out about 50 yards far away from it. And I was like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Yo, I'm not gonna lie. Surrender's face while you're telling this story was just priceless, dude. I was like, what? Because I got a pretty, I got a pretty awesome imagination. His, his face was like, you, like you, 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 you just told the story as you were jumping out the plane. Like oh that was his God. face. Like I'll go. Hope this guy pulls that shoe Yo, real quick. Straight up. So while you were telling the story, oh, the thing that kind of made me laugh in my brain as you were telling it, I'm like imagining myself. Walking in there and dudes like, all right, look up at these photos. Tell me what to do. I'm like, all right, cool. So it looks like there's 13 strings <laughs> out of like 16. And he's like, dead. <laughs> and I go to the next one. He's like, what's happening here? I'm like, I think there's a possibility that there's a hole in the right side of dead. <laughs> you dumb motherfucker, you're dead. You fucking, you didn't fucking study nothing. You have no instincts. That's why I don't fuck with parachuting, man. Because I just, well, I just see it like that. You know, what it, you know what it really puts down on paper for you is it really, it really identifies whether you're fight or flight, right? Because uh-huh. a lot of people, if they didn't have the, the gumption to figure out what the fuck to do in a moment of truth, where that's your flight. And so I'll tell you what, don't fuck with me because I'm definitely fight. (laughs) Well, you know what, though? Not for nothing. If let's say me and you and Bams just finished robbing like a major fucking, you know, drug lord for some jewels and we were on the run and 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 then Ski's like, yo, I got a play for us. Let's go. We fucking hop on the plane. Me and Bams are fucking, you know, hanging out the back of the fucking airplane, busting off, fighting these dudes off. You take off on the fucking plane. We fucking go up 3,000, 4,000 feet or whatever the fuck. And you're like, all right, this is the drop point. You got a job. And I'm like, what? You're like, you got a job. And I freaking put that shit on. Fucking, I think I would just be like, yo, we out. Did you just watch Point Break? Because that was like the whole storyline for Point Break. Was it? <laughs> nah, but it was the jewel heist. Yo. I'm just saying, but it fucking felt like, you know. Right, you took some creative liabilities on it. I'm just saying, if if I was in a situation like that and you're like, yo, fight or flight, then I'm, I'm out. I'm jumping out that plane. I'll figure it the fuck out. You know, but other than that, as far as just saying, hey, listen, man, have you ever done skydiving and i'm like nah like dude you need to do it man it's the ultimate release or whatever it is you know i'm just like nah man but i'm happy for you bro like look how look at the energy you have you know there's there's no doubt there's no doubt in my mind that is probably one of the craziest things you can do um i mean yeah there's nothing nothing like it i remember the first time jumping out and like seeing the horizon and just it didn't feel like you were traveling at the ground just felt like you had like a hardcore fan blowing Air clear up your fucking yeah, that, it's Wait. funny. That's what my that's what one of my boys said. He said he didn't feel like he was falling at all until they pulled the parachute. Yeah, and it feels like you're stopping. You're just slowing down, but it's it's definitely it's a crazy feeling. I'd say if you get a chance to do a tandem jump once in your life, it's worth trying it out. All right, hang on a second. You said you saw the horizon. So what you're saying is the Earth is not flat. Huh. Um, no. It could have been a picture. Oh. No. <laughs> Yo, you ever seen the Truman Show? No. 
You never seen the Truman Show with Jim Carrey? No. It's a pretty cool film. We're living the Truman Show. <laughs> yeah, we're living the Truman Show. In that movie, they basically have this dude living this life where everyone's in on it. The whole neighborhood. No, I, I, I know I, I know the movie. I just never saw it. All right, cool, cool. But yeah, we live the Truman Show. Don't tell nobody. All right. Yo, Badensky. Yes, sir. Yo, it's such a pleasure having you come on the light shed, B. You go. Thanks for having me, man. Um, yeah, it's been great. I appreciate you guys including me, and it's fun to see this format, you know, and like bringing back radio in a way. I've I've never really listened to too many podcasts in my life, but it's fun being on one. Word. Yo, well, you're welcome to come back anytime. Yo, we love you, Densky. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Bams and Chris, definitely let me know when you guys have another one you're interested in uh, having a guest spot. Word no up, doubt. man. Word up. Yo, it's been and a to pleasure. everyone out there, the creative souls, keep pushing, keep staying inspired. I know it's tough times right now with COVID and creating new ideas and new thoughts, but dig deep. Man, just spin wisdom right now for Straight you, knowledge, yo. Go back to college <laughs> and get some knowledge. You motherfuckers need to become <laughs> scholars. What? And then we out, y'all. Peace. Yo, later, homie. Later, brother, man. Peace. Peace. Talk to you soon. Peace, Peace. Peace. Yep.